Hey folks, welcome to this week's Benedettiville podcast. I'm very excited to announce that we have launched a Patreon page. Patreon.com backslash Benedettiville. Benedettiville is hard to spell. So at some point, we'll have to write a song to help you remember. But I don't have a song this week. If you like the podcast, and if you'd like to help us keep it going, please do check out the page and donate wherever you feel like you can afford it. Also, if you like the podcast, you can review it on iTunes. Give us some stars. Give us some comments on the old SoundCloud page. Whatever. Let us know you're listening. Drop us a line. Ideas for stories. We'll put your songs on there. We like all you listeners, so don't be bashful. Mail at Benedettiville.com if you want to get in touch. And Patreon.com backslash Benedettiville if you want to support. All right. That's enough for me. From Australia for now, on to the show. Gentlemen, we're back with Benedettiville Small Town Adventures. Thanks for joining us on this fine, beautiful post-storm Sunday. It's March 4th, and we have a wonderful show to bring you today, and it's jam-packed full of dragon goodness. Yeah. We're going to roll right into the news. There's no time to lose here. Right after this message from our sponsor. Goblins got you down again? Did that pesky house sprite nab your keys? Ghosts and ghouls haunting your local abandoned buildings after dark? Well then come on down to Fenwick's Magic Emporium. We have all the freshest ingredients for your potions. The finest wands and staff. You need a crystal ball, we say what color, what size, and how many. We know that most supermarkets don't sell the quality of powdered dragon's teeth that we do. We know how hard it is for your local bookstore to have the most up-to-date tomes of powerful and ancient sorcery. Don't settle for second best. Come down to Fenwick's Magic Emporium, where we bring the magic to you, literally. Remember the directions. Two blinks past the fourth light post. Turn around, say the charm of opening, and press the fourth stone from the corner. You can't miss it. That's, you gotta go to Fenwick's, everybody. I always go to Fenwick's for all of my magical needs. <laughs> They're pretty fantastic. Um, we are very pleased for our first round of news today to bring you winter activity updates from Paul, Delara, and Roland Kingsbury, way up in Alberta, Canada. 
Let's just take it right to him. You guys got it? Welcome to the Great White News. Here's our correspondent, Roland, with the review of winter activities in Alberta. Roland, how many playrooms do you go to? Big and little. What do you like about the big one? Nikolai. Nikolai, what else? Hato. Hato? And what about the little one? Do you like, what do you like about the little one? has little play instead. Do you like snack time? Yeah. What else do you like? Pizza. Pizza's good, huh, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. They don't have fire trucks? They have two fire trucks. Do you like to go skiing in the wintertime? Yeah. Where do you go skiing? I might see so skiing like this. On your skis, you go skiing like this. That's right, buddy. Do you go sledding? Yeah. What about ice skating? Which one's the most fun? Ice skating. All right. Roland, where did you go this weekend? Dinosaur Museum. What kind of dinosaurs did you see? Theropods. Theropods. Did you see anyone else? Yeah. What else did you see? This is Triceratops. Sure is. Did you see Stegosaurus? Yes, Stegosaurus. Tyrannosaurus Rex? This is Tyrannosaurus Rex. Do you think all the kids from California should visit you at the Dinosaur Museum? Yeah. Say, come to Alberta! Come to Alberta! <laughs> Thank you, Roland and the Kingsbury family. And that was Roland DJing on his little keyboard at home, by the way, the background music that you heard, which is pretty great. Keep it up, buddy. So much potential there. And now, for the week of March 4th, we bring you Dragon News. Our main story this afternoon... Princess snatching is down 65% this year. Most dragons say it's because there are not so many princesses as there once were. Others say it's because princesses today are much tougher, and they all seem to know kung fu. Instead, dragons have been snatching a lot more chickens, pigs, cows, and sheep. We asked the formerly feared and savage dragon, Orastothenes, the raging inferno of the West... What he thought about this. Uh, well, uh, princesses and other noble folks are much harder to snatch nowadays, and uh, animals are very easy to snatch. I guess the only downside is that those tasty, crunchy knights in armor, they don't come around anymore. They don't seem to be interested in rescuing any chickens or cows. In other news... World-famous Puff the Magic Dragon is still moping around his cave. Jackie Paper has sent many letters of apology, and all of Puff's family and friends have come around numerous times offering to play, to hang out, to make pizza, but Puff just keeps sadly slipping into his cave. Puff's neighbor dragon, Verdinal, the soaring legend of Oberoth, had this comment. We think he just really enjoys the dramatic moment of sadly slipping into his cave, that's fine, you know. It seems he's happy being sad, if that makes sense. It absolutely does, Verdinal. Now, in entertainment news... 
famed dragon composers and sisters, Herthingloss and Nelbinghorn of the Jeweled Scales, have just released their latest dragon chart topping song. And we here at Benedettiville Small Town Adventures are pleased to have the first world premiere. Please enjoy Golden Matter by the Jeweled Scales. And that's just a tasty preview, all you dragon music lovers out there. So uh, stay tuned. I'm sure that album will be out uh, later this year. Now, on to the next thing. Now close your eyes. In your imagination, what does a dragon look like? Well, they're scary and really long and skinny. It has a big tail, long legs, short arms, long neck, breathes water, and pukes fire. Um, like, it looks like a deer, a deer horns, but it's more spiky, and usually dragons have these beards under here, and some dragons put silver things to protect them, and some dragons be well fire with purple or any kind of color. Scaly, red and green, and beef fire. Well, in my imagination, what a dragon looks like is it's a blue dragon, so it has wings, legs, a tail, body, and a head, and with horns. A dragon looks like the neck is long and has a big tummy. Well, usually green and breathing fire. It has like the head it, like in the shape of a dog face, but like it could be any different color and two like rows of spikes coming out of the head. A big like sneaky body with like um with wings and uh, like claws and a big tail. Well if it's time to draw and you're not sure what to do. You've got your crayons and markers and some paints and pencils too. And you're looking at that empty page and it's staring back at you. Draw a dragon, draw a dragon. Not a flower, a house, or a wagon. Draw a dragon, draw a dragon. No more lollygagging and lagging, so just draw a dragon, draw a dragon. They're the very best things to draw. Oh, dragons, 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 no matter where you are. Now, if you drew a dragon and the picture is all done, but you're still sitting at the table and you think it might be fun, to draw another picture But you're not sure where to begin Draw another dragon Draw a dragon With the scales all zigging and zagging Draw a dragon Draw a dragon 
I don't mean to be bossy and nagging Just draw a dragon, draw a dragon They're the very best things to draw Oh, dragons, 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 dragons No matter where you are Oh, well, if you drew two dragons And your drawn hand is sore But you've still got all that paper Markers, pencils, and pens galore Then maybe, oh yes, maybe You could draw me just one more Oh, one more dragon Draw another dragon With a mustache all droopy and sagging Draw a dragon, draw a dragon With this big happy tail all the wagon Just draw a dragon, draw a dragon They're the very best things to draw Oh, dragons, 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 dragons No matter where you are At home or in a car On a rocket going to Mars Flying around the stars with a friend whose name is Lars Smoking big cigars Hanging at the Samovar Sipping coffee in a jar In Russia with the Tsar Dragon. for joining me once again. It is Paint Like a Robert Boss with me, Robert Boss, the world's only painter on the radio. My innovative techniques and brilliant painting solutions have gotten me kicked out of every art school and every TV station I've ever been in so far. But the good folks here at Benedettiville have seen fit to give me a chance on their very, very terrific show. So let's get to it, shall we? Okay, this week, in keeping with the theme, let's just paint ourselves a dragon. Just a happy, swirly dragon flying around his happy sky up there, okay? I've got all my paints and materials out here, so just take a quick look at what I have and make sure you have what I have, okay? We don't have time to go into every detail, because these radio segments, they come real fast and furious, don't they, folks? Okay, well, let's get painting. I'm gonna just squeeze this tube of blue paint into my hand here and just sort of heavily smear it onto the canvas. Yeah, there we go, just, just like that. And if it's squishing through your fingers and making a general kind of gooshy sound, then you're doing it right. Uh-huh, okay, now a bit more smearing here. And we've got it. Oh, that looks so nice. Okay, next, let's start on the dragon. A happy slappy dappy dragon of ours, okay? I'm gonna outline a real nice dragon shape, and you'll notice I'm using mainly my beard and mustache for a brush. It's the best way I've found for outlining dragons. Now then, let's get some color in our dragon, okay? And because I want a real big dragon today, I need a way to get a lot of paint on this pointed, asymmetrical, weird old canvas. 
and a big brush, maybe even a mop, even my tremendously bushy beard and mustache will be too small for this big job. And that's why I've modified this MS-880 Magnum heavy-duty chainsaw from the Gristle Power Tools Company. There's enough power in here to cut down a forest of trees. And with my little saw to brush modification, I can paint 200 square feet a minute. Let's see how it works for a dragon. Here we go. Oh yeah, that sounded good. Okay, let her rip! That's how we paint over here. Okay, so get some breeze on the body. Okay, yeah. We're dipping in some of the yellow for the highlights, man. We're going for the highlights. Oh, let's get some of those wings painted. Who's gonna get them wings painted? That's alright. Okay, now let's see if we can get the sound. Uh-oh, kind of missed the canvas on that one. We got a little bit in the studio there. All right, well, that was a lot of fun. Let's step back and take off our safety gear and uh, have a look. Hmm, isn't that just a beautiful, happy-looking, splattery all-over dragon? And you know what? As a bonus, the rest of the Benedettiville Radio Studio here is covered in paint. Well, you're welcome, Benedettiville. The studio now looks so nice in such a nice, splattery kind of way. You know what? And so is that dragon. And I can't imagine anything we could do to improve this painting. This painting is another Robert Boss masterpiece. The only thing left is to sign it. So I'll just get a little swish of the mustache on there. And we're done. Thank you all so much for joining me. I hope you had fun painting along at home. And we'll see you next time right here on Paint Like a Robert Boss. Take care out there. Toodaloo. But he's right, it, it has improved the studio look yeah. as soon as we get it off the, the um, controls. Oh, yeah. um, up next, we have a lovely interview here. Um, and because we here at Benedettiville love to celebrate champions of the imagination, creativity, and the good folks that make great things happen in our community and beyond, we'd like to introduce you to... Mr. Jim Aegis. Jim Aegis is not only the podcast co-host of On Stage with Jim and Tom, an amazing local podcast centered out of our own Phoenix Theater. He also produces and brings acts to the Phoenix Theater for all of us to enjoy. He also makes movies with his own dog film studio and somehow, through it all, finds the time to be president of operations over at everybody's market that we all know and love, Petaluma Market. And so, without further ado, we've got puppet correspondent Rocco Blastorius on the scene, ready for the interview. Uh, Rocco, take it away, buddy. Thank you, Gio and Jen. I am here in sunny Petaluma, California, in the very cozy home of Mr. Jim Aegis. Jim, how are you, bro? I am doing well. How are you? I am so great. Thanks for doing this interview with me. It's a pleasure. Great. Well, uh, let's get right down to it, man, because you are someone who does things. Everybody's got ideas, but we don't always just, like, do them. Do you know what I mean? I do. I, I like to do things. I like to meet people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, 
The cool thing is that the things that you do bring joy to so many people, myself included. Um, I'm a huge fan of the shows that you put on down at the Phoenix Theater. What's your favorite thing about putting on shows? It's funny that you mention that because the shows are, um, they're almost kind of more like community events and sort of, they're more business related than creative. You, you say, I like to do things. Yeah. Um, sometimes the shows, while doing them, not the most fun to do. Uh, okay, wait, <laughs> that is great. And I, I, we all appreciate that you do something that wouldn't happen otherwise. But the other thing that you mentioned is that sometimes not so fun. And that's kind of a nuanced thing. It's like, it's all, life is fun, but sometimes like getting to the fun takes a little bit of work. And I think that's maybe why you have a lot of ideas to do things. We'll twist this thing around here. And, you know, you think, oh, this would be a a thing that I want to do, but uh, there's too many like barriers. It's too much. I'm not going to do it. And I would say, always do it. Well, you're right, because, like, you, you come up on, like, obstacles or something that you don't know how to do yet, or uh, something is just tricky. And then, you know, you roll over, and you're like, well, maybe someone else will do it. Yeah, or I'll just do it later. Yeah, or, I do it all the time. You know, you get less excited as time goes on. Like, you have the initial idea, yeah. right? And you're like, oh, yeah, let's do that. But then you don't act on it, and then it becomes less pressing. I would say always act on it. Okay, I would love to always act on it, Jim, and... Uh, do you have any other tips for how to get past those obstacles? I would say, what do you want your time here to look like? Oh. And uh, I find for me that I feel better when I'm engaging with people and doing things. And, you know, I guess to, for lack of a better phrase, pushing stuff forward, that makes me feel good. And it seems like for it makes you feel good too. You like Joyce Manor. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's, it, it's not just a matter of uh, doing events for the sake of doing events or making creative projects for the sake of making creative projects. It also makes me feel better. And I would say to you that you will feel better even, um, even if like there are some hiccups in the beginning. Always push through. That would be my advice. That, that, that was one of the wisest things I've ever heard somebody say. Well, thank you. Yeah, well, thank you, man. Aside from putting on shows, you do a lot of other things. One of the other things that I really enjoy is uh, you yourself are an interviewer on a podcast. That's correct. I've tried to take over this interview a few times. Uh, Well, that is totally fine by me because I am a very giving person. That's true. But don't step on my bass solos, bro. I would never. That's not my area. Yeah, well, (laughs) good, because that's where we would butt some heads, you know what I mean? I got to tell you, you probably can't tell because I'm so smooth on the mic, but I am totally a rookie at doing interviews. And you, yourself, have been interviewing people for four years. What's it all like having a show for four years? I would say it's like any creative project. Um, there is a mix of stress that goes into it. There are days you wake up where you think, oh, God, this is, this is a lot. But overall, the, the net positive, which is just like the, the amount of joy above all the negative, uh, far, far exceeds it. Uh, a pro- that project is a really good distilled sense of kind of what you interview people about. Uh, creativity, connection, and just pursuing th- things in a community that, that are creative. That it's connected me with so many artists. It's, uh, it's been a thing that's brought people together, and it's really a thrill to be in the center of it. Yeah, it's a thrill to be on the outside of it, too. So I can only imagine what it would be like in the eye of the hurricane, you know? 
I would just say one other thing too. You, you say you're a rookie at yeah. interviewing people. Uh, so was I. Oh. You know, and, and even to this day, you still have, uh, I still have uh, insecurities. I still have uh, hesitations. How are we going to make this thing work? No. So uh, I think a, a good lesson for anybody who wants to be creative or wants to make stuff is that everyone's a beginner at some point. Yeah. And don't let that get in the way. Tom Gaffey, a dear friend of mine and co-host on On Stage with Jim and Tom, says that some of the best creative projects happen because the people who do them are too stupid to know that they can't do them. And I think that has yeah. been an absolute operating philosophy for me on a lot of the creative stuff that I've done. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, I think the hardest thing is, especially as I've gotten older, and then once I got good at bass, I liked being good at stuff. And it was real hard to be in any situation where I was a beginner again, you know? And I think um, when you're not willing to be a beginner, like in interviewing, you know, I just had to like do it. And uh, it's very humbling every time because like I know that I probably forgot to ask something. But then if you are a beginner again, then you can do anything. I I agree with that. Absolutely. Well, I kind of surprised myself there, Jim. Yeah, you're getting deep yourself. I didn't know I had it in me, really. Whoa. I was just going to say that I think the longer you live, the more you realize that stuff like this is what brings color to your life and yeah. creating things. You, you, Your show is largely about creation, right? Yeah, we, we like to just uh, champion the people in our world who are helping us, uh, inspire us, Showing us ways that we can do things and be creative and explore the infinite potential that is being either a puppet or a human, you know. Yeah, you have a finite... Humans, not not puppets, yeah. uh, but humans have a finite amount of time. And you might as well spend that time having fun and enjoying the company of others. And I have found no uh, better way to do that than projects like the one we're talking about. Nobody has the knowledge and energy to do an operation like this or a band or a a full video production alone. They just can't do it. It's just not humanly possible. So that's why it's good to work as a team. Yeah, you need people. And trust the people that you work with. You need friends and people to work with. God, you do. Collaborators. That's an important thing. Yeah, if I had hands, I would totally high-five you right now. Yeah, that's all right. We will uh, know that you would. And yeah. we will f- pretend that yeah. that just happened. Yeah. The intention of the high five is there between us, Jim. Check it out. Maybe maybe we did do it. Oh. Whoa! See? Whoa! We manifested that into reality. Much like perhaps you will with future creative projects after this conversation. I think so. I'm pretty fired up, Jim. I don't know about you, but like I'm very motivated to get some ideas happening. Yeah, I'm fired up too. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I could tell... From the cadence of your voice. Yeah, you can definitely sense the excitement. Yeah. It's more, uh, it's more something you have to feel than hear. You know, some people raise their voice. I'm not raising my voice here. You just yeah. know. You're looking in my eyes. I can't shake the vision of you as a creativity samurai. I swear, man. Have you ever watched samurai movies? A long time ago. I'm, I'm familiar with the broad strokes. Look, if you're into movies, there's a whole genre of samurai movies. There's a guy named Akira Kurosawa. Are you familiar? I am familiar. All right, well, check out his work, bro, because you are like the Yojimbo of ideas. You are the Sanjuro of doing things. 
thank you for coming to my house and hanging out with me. And I think that if you're sad this is over, don't worry, because in the summer, you and I are going to sit down at a table at the On Stage podcast and talk for another four hours. I'm so looking forward to that, Jim. And uh, I'm going to get that band together. So I will close the interview by just saying thank you so much for having me, for doing the interview. And thanks so much for all the positivity and the great wisdom on getting things done. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. I appreciate the work you do, too. All right. Well, so long, Jim. We'll see you in the summer. And uh, that's it from here. Back to you guys. See ya. Thank you so much, Rocco. And uh, it's time to go on to the next thing. All right. Let's talk about dragons. What do you think dragons like to do all day? A dragon likes to eat other animals, sleep, and breathe fire. I think they... If it's like a day where they like fight others, um, I th- I think they like to do that. Maybe um, they drink water, and they can um, do really mean stuff. Burn down castles, I think. Counting the things in its hoard. Usually, there's a dragon. It's a water dragon. It lives by sea and. Usually, um, flies with his wings. Dragon like to do like creep out fire and like um fly away from the dragon catchers. No matter like what kind of dragon it was, like I think it would either want to be hunting or sleeping. Darlene, I gotta tell you, this grown-up job that we both work at, it is really exhausting. As a grown-up working at a place with a job, I couldn't agree with you more, Edmund. Here we are, finally on a break from our grown-up job, and we're just sitting here in a little room with a table and some chairs. A coffee machine and a microwave. And those old magazines that I've already read a hundred times. Sigh. Big sigh. Did we hear a big, deep sigh from you two? Never fear. We're here to save your grown-up day. Who are you two? You, you're just kids. Yeah, and you look just like me when I was a kid. Hey, that other one looked just like me when I was a kid. That's because we are you when you were kids. I'm you, Darlene. I'm you, Edmund. Sure, I'd recognize kid me anywhere. Me too. But how did you get here? Into our grown-up job break room? Also, how did you get into the future where you're talking to me, which I guess is actually you, but as a grown-up? Over from a different universe? from a different dimension. Some old kids have time-traveling superpowers. Yeah, our job is to travel to the multiverse, saving our grown-up selves from getting frumpy. Frumpy? Frumpiness is terrible. It can lead to grumpiness. And terrible grouchiness. The grump the frumps are grown-up leading cause of size. It's true. Are we? Are we getting frumpy? You sure are. Sitting around 
found a small breakthrough in sighing is a major sign of frumpiness. Severe frumpiness. What can we do? You can go you can go outside and run around. You can take a walk and sniff a flower. You can find shapes in the clouds. Or throw rocks at a fence post. Draw a picture. Play tide. Write someone a letter. Swing on a swing. And and those things will help us from getting frumpy? The hair the hair well. It sounds like fun. Hey, I remember fun. Yeah, I used to have a lot of fun. Yes, yes, you did. And I'm having tons of fun all the time. That's why my job is to tear through time and space and remind all my grown-up selves how to have fun. Go on and have some fun already. You only have ten more minutes of break time. Thanks, kid me. Yeah, thanks, kid me. You're welcome. And remember, you may be very old and have hair growing out of your ears, but doesn't. But it doesn't mean you have to get frumpy. No frumpiness allowed. Right. Frumpiness alert. Grown up me is sitting bored on a nice swing day. So long, me. Now it's off to another dimension. So long, me. So long, us. Well, want to go for a walk? Yeah, it rained this week. Let's look under rocks for cool bugs. Sounds like fun. The darkness of space, a backdrop of stars, and into view comes a large, hulking, sputtering spaceship. It is the space delicatessen of Admiral Snackbar. It's a snack! Proprietor of fine foods and snacks throughout the galaxy. Let's review last week's episode. Admiral Snackbar and the crew had been hired to provide snacks for the Gromulans for the giant space hockey tournament. Their shipment of cheddar cheese was late, and that forced them to find a new snack they decided on croutons. But the croutons were stolen by a snack thief. The snack thief left in escape pod number seven, and the crew, even now, is hot on the trail, eager to reclaim their lost croutons, and eager to feed the Gromulans because... As everyone in the galaxy knows, a hungry Gromulan is a dangerous Gromulan. Computer! Yes? Have you located Escape Pod 7 yet? Yes. Well, where is it? It has landed on an unknown planet. Unknown? Aren't you a computer? Yes. Hmm. Tabasco! There's something you should see here, sir. This planet is shaped like a giant cheeseburger. It looks delicious. Computer? Yes? Land us as close as you can to escape pod 7 and on the double because we need to recover those croutons. Landing ship. The space delicatessen lands on the mysterious and unknown hamburger planet. The landscape is desolate and barren, broken here and there by groups of huts 
made from the surrounding rocks. Tabasco! Sir? I need you and Peps to go out there, locate Escape Pod 7, bring back the Escape Pod, and as many croutons as you can. Immediately, sir. Peps, come with me. We're gonna go find this escape pod. Chef A, Chef B, we're gonna stay here and try to get some customers. Okay. Let's start preparing some snacks and uh, broadcasting the intergalactic delicatessen signal. While the crew on board the space delicatessen search for life in the form of customers, Tabasco and Peps search for life of a different kind, namely snack thieves in Escape Pod 7 with a cargo full of croutons. Hmm, there's clearly intelligent life here. I'm not sure if they're friendly or not, though. Keep a lookout. In time, they stumble upon the mysterious and very much abandoned and empty Escape Pod 7. Tabasco! I'm here, sir. What's going on? The escape pod appears to have been abandoned. We don't see any tracks. We're not sure if the thief escaped. Are there any croutons? The croutons are gone too. Ah, uh, well, bring the escape pod back here on the double. The mysterious snack thief seems to have escaped this time. And so Tabasco and Peps are soon in Escape Pod 7 flying back to the space delicatessen thanks to the handy mechanical repair work of Peps. Back on the delicatessen, it is a scene of worry and consternation. How to satisfy the hungry Gromulans. Make whatever you can. All right, sir. Hurry, I've just received reports that there's rioting down on Gromulan galaxies. You've seen what happens to Gromulans when they run out of food. It is not a pretty sight. Warning, detected incoming Gromulan ship. This is Commander Shrek of the Gromulan Armada. We have come for grilled cheese sandwiches. Yes, we have. We're very hungry. We are. We're in fact so hungry that we are angry. Of course. We're so angry that we are going to blow up your ship unless we get some grilled cheese sandwiches. Of course! No fair putting Swiss cheese in there. We only want cheddar cheese. Yes! And, um, we also want some tomato soup. Yes, we do! We love tomato soup. We do! And we're gonna blow you up probably anyway, because we're so hungry that we are so mad that we just need to blow something up. Yes! Are you ready to blow something up, Commander? Yes. Okay, push the button to fire lasers. I'm pushing it right now. So long, Admiral Snack Bar. Sorry we had to blow you up with our lasers, but we're very angry. We hope you have a great evening and you blow it up house. Ha ha ha. Battle stations, battle stations. Peps, put the shields on. Tabasco, prepare the food cannon. Yes, sir. When's the last time we used this thing, sir? Uh, I'm not sure. Chef A, load the snacks into the food cannon. All right, the granola bombs. Here you go. Put more cheese sauce. Aim, fire! These granola bombs with the extra cheese sauce are quite delicious, don't you think, Commander? Yes. Yeah, they're very tasty. I don't 
I'm not that hungry anymore after eating these. Me either. Yeah, I'm pretty full. Me too. I'm not angry anymore either. I'm happy. Let's turn the lasers off, okay? Okay. Okay, sorry about that, Admiral Snack Bar. We just get so angry when we're hungry. But, um, I guess we'll see you around the galaxy. And, uh, next time just bring us the grilled cheese sandwiches when you're supposed to, right? Yes. Okay, well, so long. Bye. The Gromulans have been fed and disaster has been avoided. Admiral Snackbar and his crew retire aboard the Space Delicatessen for a well-deserved rest and... a snack. Where will their adventures take them next? What has become of the mysterious snack thief? Find out on the further adventures of Admiral Snackbar. It's a snack! Yes, hello, good morrow, and well met. Look about you. Notice the green hills, the babbling brook, the waves lapping at the sand sunlit shores. You see sweet local tranquility. While I, Sir Pershing of Sir Pershing Sword Fighting Academy, see danger. Green hills, here there be goblins. Babbling brooks, well, here there be brook dragons. Waves on the beach, <laughs> here there be sea serpents. And you, soft, doughy city person that you are, you are no match for these dangers. When the orc hordes come raging down Petaluma Boulevard, when the Dark Knight leads his host against the walls of Petaluma herself, what then, city person with your soft hands and your circular telephone? I'll tell you what, we fight! Come to me and learn the noble, savage, honorable, courageous way of battling foul beasts and smiting evil with the greatest of weapons, the sword. I'll teach you cutting and slicing, chopping, lopping, swinging, spinning, twirling, and thrusting. I'll teach you how to combat the underworld's menagerie of fearsome foes. The fees, as it says on all of my flyers, must be paid in gold coins. I can't believe so few of you have gold coins. And you must bring your own sword. There are no other restrictions. All ages, all skill levels are welcome. To inquire for lessons, you need only blow three short blasts upon your hunting horn from the Hill of Challenges. I shall hearken to your call. Be soft and squishy no more, city people. Hone yourself and your blade with me, Sir Pershing of Sir Pershing's Sword Fighting Academy. How do you think dragons breathe fire? It makes a giant air pocket in its belly filled with hot things and then it just pukes and makes it turn into fire. They breathe it through their mouth and they... Maybe have hot stuff in their mouth that when they drink water it turns into lava. If it eats something spicy here and then it can like blow fire. Uh, I think they just heat up their mouth and then they like blow fire. 
Well, it's got this little burning coal at the end of its throat that it that helps it breathe fire. Or maybe it roars. Well, I think it has these extra things that stick out of its tongue, and um, they have tiny ho- holes at the front, and then they can breathe out um, fire. I think it's like they're mad and... Maybe they got it from who who catched their enemy. Um, I think like the fire comes out that would make a little spark in its belly, and then that would um, and then he would roar, and then that would make the spark bigger, and then it would come as fire. Yeah, Emmy, 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 can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me through the microphone? Yeah. Good. Because we're about to put on a really funny story. <laughs> yes, we are. We were just talking about those. Well, what were you talking about, dragons? Yeah, we were talking about Papa was trying to... Oh, Papa! no. I didn't mean to. My leg just got in the way. There's too many wires in this office. So, was he trying to be a dragon? First, let me get my mic. First, let me... Yeah, he was trying to be a dragon, but he was really trying to trick me. I was not trying to trick you. I was really wanted to be a dragon. I thought that would have been great. Well, I have some great advice for you, because this story is all about how to become a dragon. That sounds great. Um, who's going to tell it? You are. Um, well, once upon a time, there was a papa. And he lived in a small town in a little yellow house. And he was married to a wonderful, wonderful woman. And they had two baby girls and a dog. What are you doing? She's scratching it. Don't scratch the microphone. Okay, so there was a papa. And the papa... Did we already talk about his family? Yep. Okay, dog and a cat? No. They had a dog and a cat and chickens. How many chickens directly? Yeah, how many? I don't know. How many should the papa have? Five. Fifteen. What? Fifteen <laughs> is too many. I think five is a good number of no, chickens. No, I think have. fifteen. All right, well, they had fifteen chickens, and the papa wanted to be a dragon. He had wanted to be a dragon for his whole life, and he was always trying new ways to be a dragon. One day, he painted himself green and put little sparkly scales all over himself. And his daughters said, Papa, please do not drive us to school like this. He said, what? I'm a dragon. They said, no, Papa, please do not. But he said, no, everyone will understand that I'm a dragon. And he drove them to school and he got out of the car. And there he was in his green paint with all of his green sparkly scales. And his daughter said, oh, Papa, what are you doing? And when people said, uh, wow, you, uh, you look different today. He didn't even talk. He just went, rawr. And they said, what is going on? And his daughters had to explain, I'm sorry, our Papa really wants to be a dragon. And the people would all say, oh, that's, that's interesting. We got to go by. And they would run away. Uh, another time, he made some great big wings out of old bed sheets. And he painted them green, too. 
And he taped them to his arms, and he climbed up onto the second story of their house, and he started flapping them around. He said, I'm a dragon, and I can fly. And finally, his wife grabbed a broom and was able to shoo him back inside through the window before he was able to jump off. Do you think he would have been able to fly? Nope. What would have happened, do you think? He would have fallen. Yeah. Uh, or maybe his wings, he could grab, he could like make them grab each other and make a huge parachute. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a good idea. Well, another time, the papa wanted to be a dragon so bad, and he thought, what can dragons do? They can breathe, breathe fire. fire. So he went to the grocery store, and he bought every single bottle of hot sauce in the grocery store. And then he went to the uh, vegetable section and he bought every single spicy pepper that he could find. And then he mashed them all up into a great big smoothie and he blended it up and he said, I'm gonna breathe fire. And he drank the smoothie all up. And then he went, oh no, I'm not gonna breathe fire. I think I need to go to the hospital. And so Mama and the two daughters had to load him up in the car, and he was burping, and he did not feel good at all. And they had to take him to the hospital, and he got better. But he said, I don't think that's the way to become a dragon. And he could not figure out how to be a dragon until one day he was looking around in the local bookstore. And he was pulling out the oldest, mustiest books in the downstairs used and rare section. And behind one book that was about ancient magical recipes, as recorded by Brother Maynard of the Benedictine Abbey, way, way, way far away in the mountains in the north of Italy, out fluttered a page. And this page had a recipe. And the recipe was written in old, old language, but he had studied old languages because he thought that that's the kind of thing that dragons would know. And he read it. And it said, Recipe for one potion of dragon transformation. And he screamed, Wah! And everyone in the bookstore said, Shh! So he said, Because he was so happy. And he ran out, and he ran right over to the grocery store because he looked at the ingredients and some of the ingredients he could get at the grocery store. And so he got some spicy chili powder, and he got some carrots, and he got uh, three rolls of bread and a sausage. And then he had to go to the hardware store because some of the ingredients he needed were at the hardware store. And so he got uh, three pieces of redwood and a bag of nails and a coil of wire and then he had to go to the pet store because some of the things that he needed were at the pet store. And he got one bag of gerbil food and he got uh, some little bags of sawdust. He got all of his ingredients. And then there was just one ingredient that was missing. And that was mustache hairs from a wizard. He didn't know if there were any wizards in Petaluma. Are there any wizards in Petaluma? Yeah, on a mountain on the Petaluma Hills. Oh, there is one? Yeah, in the very tippy top tree. What? Of the tallest tree in the Petaluma Hills. And so he went all the way up into the Petaluma Hills until he found the tallest tree. And there was... A tree house. A tree house. And he said, no way. I can't believe my daughter knew where this was. This is incredible. And he 
how do you, what, did he knock on the trunk? Did he climb it? How does he get up no, there? No, he, no, there was a rope ladder. There was a rope no, ladder? No, no, what is, there, what is it no. How does it go? No. There was a, a piece of the wizard's white hair that he was going to grab, mm -hmm. but you grabbed it instead and you ran down. Who ran down? You. I ran down and so that the wizard couldn't get me and I just tugged it right out of his mustache? Yeah. Whoa. And then I ran down the hill with the wizard. Was the wizard chasing me? Yeah. Why give me back my mustache hair? said, I can't. It's for a potion. It's for a dragon potion. But he didn't hear me because he was so mad and his mustache hurt because I tugged that hair out of it. And so he chased me all the way back, but I had all the other ingredients boiling in a big black kettle on the stove. And that was the last ingredient. I put it in and I boiled it up until it was a thick, goopy, really bad smelling potion. Green potion. Green potion. And... You drank it. I drank it. And it tasted like ice cream. And it tasted like ice cream? Yeah. Oh, lucky me. I thought it was going to taste terrible. No, it tastes like ice cream. The favorite, your favorite kind of ice cream and chocolate. Oh, and it was the tastiest thing ever. And so I drank it all down. It was really easy to drink down. Mm -mm -mm. And then, what happened? Um, you turned into a dragon. How big? Like, like um... Like the, the same size as me? Like the size as a normal grown-up dragon. But, so did I drink the potion in our house? Because then if I turned into a dragon in the house... No, you drank the potion um, 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 in front of the wizard. Like You brought the potion outside and you drank it in front of the wizard. Was the wizard yeah. still mad at me? Yeah, but he was scared, so he ran away. <laughs> a dragon, a dragon! And the wizard ran away and never bothered me again. And then... Uh, I was a huge dragon, and this is on the radio, so no one can see me, and no one can actually see that I am, in fact, a huge dragon. But you can turn back into a human. Yeah, but if, you want to. if I want to. But right now, I'm actually a huge dragon, and my body is outside of the radio station, and only my head is in by the microphone of the station, snaking its way through the building and down the hallway, because that's how big I am, ladies and gentlemen. But I am a dragon. I got my yeah. wish. Yeah, you all of a dragon right now. Right, and I'm huge, right? Yeah. And big and scaly? Yeah. Do I smell good? Yeah. Yep. And you smell like all your favorite kinds of ice cream. Yeah, and if anybody needs me to light a fire for like barbecues or for birthday candles, I'm available because I can breathe fire now too. Except for you would probably burn all the cake. Well, I... I make a huge fire. <laughs> I'm very careful when I do it. But uh, we I'm not going to show you right we now because we're in the studio. And we were your baby dragon. And then, did we have enough uh, potion left over for you guys? Mm -hmm. Yep. To be baby dragons? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's perfect. And then you guys can be baby dragons when you want or not when you want. Yep. That's we great. We were dragons. Was there enough left over for mom too? Yep. Yeah. So we're a dragon family. Well, the secret of Benedettiville is out, ladies and gentlemen. We are also all dragons when we want to be. And you may see us flying around town. Um, it's just us. Don't worry about it. If you see a fifth dragon, then maybe worry about it. Because I don't know who that is. Uh, I'm that was a dragon a... now. Oh no. Do not breathe fire in the house. You know the rules about when you turn into a dragon. You have to go outside. Stop breathing fire in the house, Emmy! Oh man. I'm, I'm actually a dragon. Um, I know. And so am I. But you have to follow the dragon rules when you turn into a dragon. Listen, dragon. Listen up, dragon. I put 
the microphone on fire. Ugh. Sorry, we're going to have to end this radio show because our microphone just caught on fire. Excuse us. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is really difficult to be on this microphone Whew, right now. It's hot in here. Yeah, because these microphones are on fire, folks. We got to go. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the episode of Benedetti. Ow! Small Town Adventures. Thanks so much for joining us. Ooh. We'll see you next week right here on KPCA 103.3 FM, streaming live on the net at kpca.fm. Benedettiville is Gio, Jen, Stella, and Emmeline Benedetti. All stories and silliness in this episode were co-created by Benedettiville, Mike, Dante, Marina, Val, and Nico Benedetti, Paul Delara, Roland Kingsbury in Canada. Yes, special thanks this episode to all the guests and contributing voices. Big thanks to Rob, Jared, and John down here at PCA for making it all happen. Thanks to Creativity Samurai, Jim Aegis, for the interview. We would also like to thank... McKinley's first graders, Layla, Neil, Stella, Miriam, Sienna, Ocelina, Josh, and Miss Parno and Miss Hill. Thanks, you guys. And we'd like to thank our sponsors, Fenwick's Emporium and Sir Piercing's Sword Fighting Academy. As always, if you guys have any ideas, stories, things you want to tell us, pieces of news, drawings of dragons perhaps, please drop us a line, mail at benedettiville.com. You can find us on social media. We're very easy to find. Or on our website, benedettiville.com. It has been such a pleasure, you guys. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Stella? Goodbye, Maya. Bye, you guys. Thanks a lot.